Let me tell you, I'm so glad that Lent is over. (laughs) (laughs) Right back to drinking. Right back to drinking at home during the week whenever I feel like it. Good for you. I'm surprised at myself. (laughs) I could never. (laughs) I feel like we're kind of now back into the swing of things. Yes. Once we got that first record under the belt after our long time away, Mm -hmm. I feel back on, on the ball. Back on the ball, and I don't know how excited I am to be on the ball, given this episode. <laughs> yeah, fuck the ball. Fuck the ball. We have an apocalypse to deal with. Yikes. Yeah. I wanted to like this episode because yeah, it felt like a character study, which I tend to appreciate more so than like the ridiculous stuff that goes on and has been going on. But the problem is that they've kind of, they've driven everybody's personal growth into the ground to the point where nothing is interesting anymore so it's like oh okay I don't care no and you can give however many superpowers and it's not gonna help yeah it doesn't make it more interesting right no like their personalities (laughs) are still the same they can do more oh yes so this is I hate it let's watch it I'm Lisa I'm Dawn and to get us started here's our 60 second summary just as the gang is preparing to stage a coup and kick Percival out of Riverdale, a mysterious fog descends on the town, forcing everyone to stay inside and have dramatic reckonings about their personal relationships. Betty and Archie have a long overdue conversation about the nature of their relationship, inspired by the unfortunate fact that Betty suspects that she might be pregnant. She also reveals that she helped TBK dismember a body in exchange for her escape, and no one is surprised. Jughead and Tabitha are stranded at Pops, and Tabitha reveals to Jughead that his death in the upcoming apocalypse is actually one of those pesky fixed points in time, and there's nothing they can do about it. Veronica and Reggie reunite for one last bang before they inevitably start fighting and break up again because she mistakes blames Reggie's insecurities instead of her weird obsessive admiration for her father. Penelope Blossom reemerges, claiming to be a repentant nun and delivers a cache of letters from Heather, Charles' first love from grade school. But the most unexpected reappearance is Moose, who shows up at the high school as the new PE teacher and ends up reconnecting with Kevin. We're glad to see something good happen for Kevin, since the rest of his life will apparently be tied up in a contentious custody battle since Fangs is refusing to settle out of court because he wants baby Anthony to become a gang member like any responsible parent would. Also, Percival is now the mayor, which everyone really should have seen coming. So this episode, uh, we start with the word prognostication and I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Don't hit us with the SAT words right out the gate. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm just kind of like, um, I know we're in our thirties, but the normal age range watching the show does not know that. Also, like it's a Sunday night. We're winding down. We're having a good time. We don't need multi-syllable words thrown <laughs> at our face right out the gate <laughs> like we get a joke you're an author Stop yeah it. we got it thanks and we pick up basically everybody's like what do we do about Percival right and they're like well let's oust him from the town council that should be pretty easy but it's not easy because Alice overhears them having this conversation. And because she's the worst, she goes right to Percival, tells him about it. And he he calls them agitators. And Alice is like, right. yes, I agree. Those damn agitators. And it's like, one of those are a daughter. <laughs> Can you have she's a She's regressing. And like, I know it's mind control. I get it. I actually don't know that it's mind control because <laughs> this is also could just be Alice. <laughs> But like, it, so then my point exactly, she's regressing. And here we thought she had a soul. Mm, I never thought that. I always hated Really? Alice. Even with yeah. the whole, like, you know, 
Polly dying. And I felt bad for her when that happened, but she has done such awful things to Betty throughout her life that I honestly have very little sympathy this for everything else. So I think that this could just be pure Alice, but it could yeah. also be Percival. And it's the four of them sitting there, and it's not the four you would think because Veronica is still God knows, knows where. <laughs> And it was just so funny because as they're discussing it and talking about having this meeting, you know, to Mm -hmm. get everybody together to get Percival out, I wanted to thank Tabitha and including Kevin. Yes. We should tell Kevin. I don't think he's that far in. And it's like, thank you. Thank you for feeling for Kevin because this poor guy, as we've said before, keeps getting the shit under the stick. Yes, for sure. And to that point as well. I feel like Veronica in in other seasons, Veronica would have been part of that planning committee. And in this season, she's one of their side pieces where they're like, yeah, we need to gain community support. So we should talk to like Veronica and Reggie. And it's like, why aren't they even in the room? It's It's so weird that they're so separate from everything else that's going on. Right. You'd think they were secondary characters. It wouldn't be such a big deal if they were involved in some of their own really cool plot stuff, but they're not. No. (laughs) Everything they're doing is super obnoxious and boring. So it's not even worth it to say that they have their own thing going on. They, they don't. And I feel at this point in the episode too, it's like they're scrambling for or to keep our attention because all of a sudden you see, well, Alice then is now a meteorologist. Yeah. So I guess her morning show is like a one woman show. A one woman the, show. She does the news. She does the weather, everything. And she gives the whole spiel about the fog and that it's really dangerous and it's just as bad as the one from 1922 or whenever it was. Yeah, she says, I almost Googled it and then I was like, nah. Yeah, no. I was even going to watch the movie The Fog just to see if there was (laughs) any relation. It's probably a better movie than the show, so. Well, I was going to watch the remake too, so I wasn't really like, Uh. eh. But yeah, so she basically warns everybody, you got to stay inside. It's safer to be inside because this is their, her and Percival's plan now. For the meeting to not happen. Yeah. Quick yeah. question for that. Does Percival also control fog in addition <laughs> to mines? <laughs> I would not be surprised. Because I'm assuming that the fog was his doing. But Right, like we... it just so happened it was very foggy that night. Yeah, he clearly made this happen. But the only superpower we're aware of that he has, well, I guess he does time travel. So there is room for other... does fucking everything. Celestial manipulations and stuff or meteorological manipulations. But I thought that was just kind of a random power to have. Yeah. And he wields it randomly. <laughs> Definitely. So now they, they realize, oh, we can't get together because of the fog and blah 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 right there's a curfew it's not even just that people don't want to leave it's like you We're gotta back to stay whole sundown thing except this yeah. is for everybody <laughs> yeah this is the least racist curfew we've ever yes. had in Riverdale <laughs> so you see Betty they pan to Betty and she's at the FBI office and that calendar on her desk was fucking mm. huge I don't know yeah. why it just stood out I'm like can you not see numbers and then you see the sunglasses and I'm like those fucking sunglasses. <laughs> Don, you need to get over this. Like they really haunt me. It. And I, I don't understand how bad. And then, okay, we've said it in the past with movies we've watched and covered mm-hmm. and other shows and whatever, but 
what is it about police stations and FBI offices and stuff where it has to be dark? (laughs) But in this case, Betty kind of needs it to be dark. So I guess. Yeah, but I also get the feeling that all the buildings in Riverdale are just really dingy and poorly lit. You know, Mm -hmm. that just seems on brand for Riverdale. Yeah. I want to go back to the calendar for a second because I mm-hmm. honestly didn't even realize what the X's were for until my second watch of the episode. I didn't realize that she was tracking how late she was. on. I Netflix. realized that just now as you said that. Yeah, I I've, even the second time that I was watching it, I'm like, what the fuck is she putting an X there for? What is, right. what is going on? And then and then I put it together and I was like, oh, mm. but I guess it's refreshing because we should have seen her like throwing up somewhere if this was any other cliche right I don't think we could have guessed at this up until this point yeah so I guess that's good and her FBI co-worker person um I forget yeah. her name I don't does she have a name or do I we think care? she does and I just don't care enough to find out yeah we don't care says oh TBK at it again mm-hmm. and it's like not the time, not the time. <laughs> excuse me there is heavy fog outside <laughs> We can't be talking about this. <laughs> we right can't. Now. How could he even see <laughs> with all but those like, trash bags on his? <laughs> yeah, he's got enough problems with his vision, so we don't need to add fog to it. Oh man, he's up in Maine now, anyway, right? Right. Somewhere else yeah, she would have to. But yeah, so that's right now what's going on with Betty. This bugged me because it never comes back. Like she does talk to Archie about her past with TBK, but there's then nothing further about the TBK investigation in this episode. And, you know, I've said this before, it's sort of sustaining my interest in the show at this point is the TBK mystery. And so whenever they throw a morsel at us, I'm like, yes. And then we get to the end of the episode. I'm like, wait, that did nothing for us. Right. We We didn't really get information. Mm Mm-hmm. Except we know that TVK is attractive from the neck down. <laughs> yeah. Under all those trash bags, he's really ripped. We finally hear a little bit about baby Anthony and that he exists and he's around. Yes. This is the part that you told me that you kind of missed initially. I missed all of the things that happened in the first 10 minutes. My mom calls that the least opportune times. And I was, I had it on. So I was like, trying to watch but also trying to listen to what she was saying so I had like bursts of what was happening but all of I had to I had to do the rewatch because I right I didn't know (laughs) I I gotta give Tony credit though coming back at Kevin because it it, it is kind of like that whole pot meat kettle kind of situation because he was putting himself in risky sexual situations Sure, but how recently? I feel like he did get the shit kicked out of him by that guy in season five at the sauna. Right. But that wasn't I that wasn't his fault. No, but I just going to truck stops to look for dudes isn't the most safe thing to do. Fangs was doing it too. So But now they're in love. And <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This this whole thing is sketchy to me, but I'm still firmly in the camp of baby Anthony should not be raised as a serpent gangster baby. No, no. But this and that takes a weird turn of events later, too, because yeah, Fangs this is fog it like really fucks <laughs> shit up. <laughs> what do you want to get into next? Because literally, I every line is something completely different. Mm. I know. Well, it just jumped back and forth between everybody's mm-hmm. story. So maybe let's go back to Betty and Archie just to kind of see theirs through okay. to the end. Maybe that's how we need to do it. We just have to take everybody's individual because nothing really overlapped. 
too much. No, not at all. So Archie and Betty are holed up together in Archie's house because Betty was at her house. Again, they're not living together and decided to come over because she saw a creepy man out in the fog. Probably TBK, but we don't know. It never comes to anything. And they're like, oh, well, we're stuck inside all night. What should we do? <laughs> Bone they- for God's sake. We don't even get to see no. it, Dawn. A minor makeout set. Anything. And by the time they're done, Archie has his shirt back on. Like We don't even get to see Archie without his shirt on. They could have just kissed for a little while and then ended up cuddling in bed. You know what? Maybe it's because we just watched 365 this day. But oh. I was very disappointed because we did get sex, but we didn't get. And even when Veronica and Reggie bang, we don't get to see that either. No. And cut right to the I, aftermath. I have to say there was a really funny line, though, when Betty's trying to, like, say, don't go outside, fog and everything. and. I forget what his rebuttal was, but she's, it could be somebody with a lady. He said, I'm invulnerable. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And then I wrote, stay inside till the fog lifts. Time to bone, please. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, this is the perfect what else time. Is there to do? And, right. And then just to not give it to us was just very rude. Stupid. It feels weird because they used to be gratuitous in their sex scenes where it was mm-hmm. almost like too much, but now they're not giving us anything. I want that shower scene again. I want exactly. to relive that. Yeah, it's just not exciting anymore. But the thing that cracked me up is, you know, in their afterglow, Betty's like, What what are we doing here? Thank like, you. What Thank are we? You. <laughs> What do you mean? We're just asking this now? Yeah, what do you mean? We all know what you're doing. Was there anything that was unclear about what we were doing? Oh, my God. And I love how he responds with, well, I'm not seeing anybody else. And it's like, (laughs) Like, we haven't even established that this is a monogamous relationship. Like, what what the fuck is happening? I mean, you guys have superpowers. All of this shit is going on. Clearly, you don't have time to see other people anyway. But. It's just they had that whole thing at the beginning where I guess the end of season five where Archie's mom was trying to pressure them into getting Mm -hmm. married and they were like, no, we don't want to have a traditional marriage. But like if you're at the point where your parents are pestering you to get married and you have had the conversation that you don't want to be traditionally married, then I think we're past the point of questioning whether the relationship is monogamous and, you know, where this is going. (laughs) Just completely ridiculous. Yeah. And then Betty's like, well, good. I'm glad you're all in because I'm late. I'm possibly <laughs> pregnant. And it's like, oh, good. Great. That's yeah. what we needed. And they uh, get the pregnancy test. Am I skipping something? I feel like I might be. Oh, they talk about TBK. Right. Because he asks her about birth control. And she's like, well, I haven't taken it since I was in the well. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, is no totally you were normal. <laughs> The scenario is not normal, but yeah, no, you would not be taking it while stuck Excuse in a me, well. Mr. TBK, um, can you just go in my purse? My, yes. my birth you control is in there. those out and uh, let me catch up. Thank really, you. you don't want to get pregnant with Glenn's baby, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. Oh, God. Anyway, he, and then he kind of asks, like, you never said what really happened. How long were you down there? And she, so she was said she was down there for two weeks and there was no, you know, grand, exciting escape. Um, TBK, as all serial killers seem to do, saw something special in Betty. And by special, we mean deranged and decided that he would give her a choice and he would let her 
go if she dismembered a body with him for him near him and if she refused then he would kill her so you know you don't really have a lot of options there so no and she did it pretty delicately we didn't like she see. started with like well no the way she started like she was just kind of like uh well i mean jab i'm sure she was kind of hesitant i don't think i would be eager to dismember a body well yeah but she also has the serial killer gene so i felt like she'd have a little oomph in her this is just get it done the weird thing to me about the fact that betty wanted to procreate in the first place because i would Mm. think that she would be really concerned about passing the serial killer gene on to her offspring but then could archie pass on his superpower superpower invulnerability yeah that's not actually part of his dna i don't think i don't you never probably know (laughs) well it's riverdale you don't know no that's anything we can't rule anything out no but regardless i just think it's interesting i feel like it doesn't track with her character for her to be so excited about having a baby but here we are so Mm -hmm. uh she also says that the whole experience left her psychically dismembered, which I'm a big fan of that phrase. I that want was to a great use phrase. that going forward. So Archie is basically like, I don't care what you did. You did it to survive. And also I'm going to be here for you and the baby. Cause like, of course you fucking are. Was there ever a possibility I- that you were going to be like, you know what? I'm actually out. I don't. This is when I leave. Yeah. This- I I've st- I literally broke up with Veronica and I <laughs> like I picked this town over her and this is what's going to make me leave. And I love, though, that he says he wonders how he's still in Riverdale. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how is he still alive? <laughs> you were attacked by a bear. Yeah, that was in Canada. But bad things have always happened to him in Riverdale. So his whole thing about man, I should just leave this town. It's like, yeah, you fucking should get out of Riverdale, man. Probably a good idea. This town is trying to kill you. It's rejecting you like a bad organ transplant. Yeah, and at that point, that whole scene, their dynamic, I felt like it was a Schoolhouse Rock episode for like safe sex. Yeah. It was probably the more realistic dialogue, really. And this is getting back to what I was saying about it about this whole character study episode being really boring because everybody did exactly what you expected them to do Mm -hmm. with Betty and Archie and the rest of them will get into them but with these two everything played out exactly the way you would expect it to and there's nothing interesting there if you wanted to really explore a dynamic then maybe you have Archie questioning his ability to be a good dad or Mm -hmm. Betty questioning her ability to be a good mom, you know, introduce some conflict, but it's just like, I'm pregnant. Oh, that's okay. I love you. Let's get married, have this baby and stay in Riverdale forever. And it's like, okay, well, that's basically what's going to happen eventually. (laughs) So, and then we don't even really get resolution on it because the very last scene, and I knew they were going to do this. Mm -hmm. I looked at the time. I'm like, you bastards. Yeah, you sons of bitches. They dangle that pregnancy test in front of our faces and leave us on the cliffhanger with it. So I'm like, don't trust the dollar store tests, Betty. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very generic looking brand. Mm -hmm. I guess they don't have a sponsorship with like first response. Yeah, first response. Thank you. We're uh, clear blue. (laughs) You would think they're very good at their product placement. They would have one, but that might be controversial. But Mm. yeah. So thoughts. Do we think Betty is pregnant? Um, probably. 
Yeah. I feel I like it's so. the only way we can kind of move this story along. Because if she's not, then I feel we're just, yeah, we're just going to go in circles. Yeah. My only hesitation thinking that she could be is that there's so much time left to go. We're not even quite, or we might be quite halfway through the season now. We're like a little bit more than halfway through the season. Mm -hmm. And then there's a whole season seven coming eventually. And so I don't know, that's like a long time for her to either be pregnant or have a baby. Like it's just, that's just a lot of layers there. You might get another time jump. We might do a one tree. Maybe. Maybe. They drive off into the sunset and don't come back for next season. Who knows? That would be nice. But as I had said in a prior episode, there was an interview with RAS where he said that the end of Archie, the Archie universe in his mind is when Archie has his own kids. And I think that they're probably going to take that philosophy with the show. And that's when Mm -hmm. the show will be over. And if that's the case, because now this is all built on a hypothesis, but if that turns out to be the case, I think it's a little too early for Betty to be pregnant because they do have a whole other season plus the rest of this one to go before it gets to that point. But she could be pregnant, have a miscarriage. They could go at something a little Mm. less traditional. I mean, then we got, you know, again, superpowers. Who knows how that's going <laughs> to translate? We don't know how far that's going to go. Does it end with Percival? Like, they defeat Percival in some way, shape, or form. Does everything... I mean, because now I guess we can get into the next two. Jughead and Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Jug questions her and says, okay, so you did the time travel thing. Maybe you could go back and have the bomb not go off. Mm-hmm. And she's like... I tried. It's a fixed moment in time. She lied. So she explains that she went over every scenario in which they go up against Percival, right? Yes. And the number is literally out of nowhere. It's 1,384 scenarios. Mm -hmm. And they only beat him twice. Yeah, those are not great odds. No. And in every scenario, Jughead dies. Right. That's not great news for him. (laughs) No. It's sad because he, earlier on, she is thinking that. She's like, I don't want to lose him. And he thinks she's talking or thinking about Pop. Right. And she has to admit, no, I'm thinking about you because you die in every single scenario that we have. Right. Basically going forward. I mean, that's the majority of their story this week yes that's the most important thing that they do Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's determined that Jughead's gonna die (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. although there were other moments like the um when Jughead's like oh there's just a random ham radio in the back of pops you should definitely turn that on it's not gonna be creepy or haunted or anything (laughs) I just feel like that's the dumbest idea I mean nothing really comes of it but I would not see a ham radio in creepy fog and be like, you know what? This is a good night to fire this baby up. Nothing bad could happen here. Part of me feels like this might be, depending on how they go into this apocalypse, this could be Cole Sprouse's out. Because didn't you say there was an, he did an interview or something? It was a lot. I mean, he was saying that he's like creatively ready to move on from right And, you know, it, it seems like it seems like it's not the best 
a working environment for them anymore because he he said something about how they get their scripts delivered sometimes like the same day that they're filming so they don't even yeah. really know where their stories or characters are going and so how can you play them compellingly if you aren't even really prepared for your character's arc right. and I think he said something else he he was very diplomatic about it you know he wasn't which is good yeah he wasn't cruel or really he didn't do like the Robert Pattinson thing about Twilight and how terrible it was <laughs> but it was pretty obvious that he was ready to be done with Riverdale and I think a lot of the other actors are feeling that way too but they also don't want to just abandon this show that uh, gave them a lot of steady work for for so many seasons so I feel like if it's written properly the ending could be great or <laughs> I mean yes whoa, that was a strong word <laughs> it could be satisfactory sure. in terms of if we have to end a series like just do it right I think it's so hard to to wrap up a series in a satisfying way though and I just don't think that Riverdale has the the ability to do that Lots of shows have tried. Lots of shows have failed. Right. And shows that had better writers <laughs> were unable to do it. Let's go into the next. Okay, we're done with Jughead and Tabitha. Yeah, we didn't really get much on them anyway. So. Yeah, it was boring. But honestly, the thing that I hated the most was Cheryl and Penelope. Because, Good God. Speaking of boring, how many times have we done this? <laughs> So how many versions of Penelope do we need to go through this with? Yeah. And honestly, my question is, does her becoming a nun now have anything to do with the ministry that she started in season five? And if it doesn't, what was the point of starting the ministry in season five? <laughs> well, I think that was money scam. Did it work? Did we ever see any money from that scam? <laughs> no, but I think that was her whole idea that she had a following in prison. And that was how she was going to make money. But then mm -hmm. Cheryl shot that shit down because she had powers at the time. <laughs> I don't know. It, none of this. It, it feels it's like it's never going to make sense. They keep putting shit down, picking it back up. And it's like, ah, what are you doing? I mean, I guess they needed to have some type of closure, but this was a very weird way to do it. No, and, you know, they got rid of Britta in the last couple of episodes, but this would have been a good exploration of their like relationship yeah or I guess they could have brought Nana Rose in not that I ever want to see more of Nana Rose but I I'm just so annoyed that they brought Penelope back because this woman should not be anywhere near Cheryl ever she's a horrible person she's worse than Alice she's a convicted oh, yeah. felon <laughs> and I honestly loved when Cheryl listed Yes. The reasons that she shouldn't be a nun or she, she anything. She the reasons why she shouldn't be a nun, but honestly, those should be the reasons why Cheryl does not let her inside the house because it annoys me that Cheryl even mm. remotely entertained the fact that her mother was back or, you know, changed and whatnot. Like, just I've said this so many times, especially in regards to Veronica and her toxic parents, but it's okay to cut people out of your life when, you know, they repress your sexuality and like try to kill you and, you know, all like all kinds of crazy shit. It's okay. It's all right. Right. We're just going <sighs> to let this blow over because 
she admits to keeping letters yes. from Cheryl's first ever lesbian romance. Right. Who was Heather. I think they could have done that without Penelope. Cheryl could have stumbled upon this cache of letters in the house mm-hmm. and realized it for herself. You know, maybe Nana Rose plays a small role in it or whatever, but we didn't need Penelope for this, I feel. And I just, I don't want Penelope involved. So I, it was, it was annoying. I didn't like any of this. I think this is the last we're going to see of hopefully for a while, but I, she keeps I don't popping know. up I, out of the bushes and it's I like, know. go away in the walls. She hides in bushes and walls and just shows up when she <laughs> feels like it. But I do feel like this was that closure scenario where she admits her wrongdoings. She apologizes in a way. Of too sorts. little too late, bitch. Of course. But I think she came to this conclusion and hopefully. Hopefully we never see her again. Yeah. It would I mean, be there's too really soon. no need to anymore. No. So we know from uh, news articles and things that Heather is going to become a recurring character in the next few episodes or so. So we're going to meet Heather and it would be nice to see Cheryl do something happy and fulfilling with her life. Right. Rather than be stuck yeah. in Thornhill. Like, I don't think she's left Thornhill except for going to the diner. And that hasn't been for a while. Well, I guess she has been meeting up with the other crew. But yeah, we don't really see her out and about in Riverdale. It's kind of the same with Veronica. Like, we don't see Veronica outside of her casino no. ever. She basically lives there. <laughs> and right. uh, I'm just going to add, even though there's really no point in adding, nobody's teaching at the school. Nobody's there doing nope. their teaching shit. I mean, Kevin is there in this episode, which I will get to because that was fucking weird. But oh yeah, Archie's not... We don't see Archie teaching anybody. Betty doesn't teach anybody. Veronica's not teaching anybody. Cheryl's not coaching, cheerleading, which Mm -hmm. we thought could have been a thing because they were talking about competing in national competitions and stuff. And nothing came of that either. So yeah, classic (sighs) Riverdale. I'm done with the Blossoms if you're done with the Blossoms. (laughs) Just the one thing, like, why are we still keeping the fucking doll? Yes, we did talk about this last time. I know, but at this point, like, she catches Penelope looking at the doll. Which is suspicious because I don't trust Penelope no. ever. And I don't trust I that also, doll. So I was going to say, I don't trust the doll. In the same room. <laughs> but again, after all said and done, why didn't she just burn the damn doll? I would have. Or like I said, zombie burial. You know, just do something to get rid that, of it. And this was one of the many scenes, but you even said it. What was the candle budget on this fucking What episode? was the candle budget on this episode there is an exorbitant amount of candles every scene was a fire hazard in the worst way one accidental turn or (laughs) and archie's gonna have to run down to the firehouse in the fog he's not gonna make it to get the one fire truck (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't keep a hose handy come on yeah in his back pocket you know but Dawn, you and I love candles. We're big candle fans. I have four lit in here. But <laughs> I don't think I have even half of the number of candles that every single person in this episode seemed to have in their and, home. <laughs> and they're not even in stable locations. No. And they're a lot of like the long stick candles that don't yes. really have a base and you could just fall over at any moment. Right. You, like you need candlestick holders to use those candles, which and I even don't, that I don't people trust. really have anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it was given the scenarios involved in those rooms. 
at the time, there's no way not one candle went down. <laughs> there I, was I not one accidental fire in no. Riverdale. <laughs> Listen, the sponsor of this episode was candles. Or drip chic candles. Was that supposed to be? What is that? I don't know. I went I back to it. get what it said. And I'm like, I don't see what the, um, you know, real life equivalent would be. I watched it twice and neither time could I figure out what the fuck she was saying. And Oh, I it just... was drip chic. Drip chic? Yeah, she's like, it's a good thing I have a thing for drip chic candles. I mean, there's a such thing as drip candles, apparently. Mm. So maybe it's a type of drip candle. <laughs> it's not a brand. That's all I can really okay. tell from my cursory Google search. <laughs> so... <laughs> Given that, I guess we can go into our next major league candle lit scene. We got Veronica and Reggie. Um, because of the fog, he's at the casino. I forget why he came to the casino. He was picking up his stuff because Veronica oh, to the curb. Oh, she banished him. Banished him from her bed. So he needed to come back to pack his things. Yes. Which is why it's even more strange that the evening ended up <laughs> going sexual. <laughs> Veronica's horny. She's so she's so fucking bipolar. She was so, so bipolar. Mad at him. And then he's like packing his stuff and leaving. And she's like, let's play strip poker. And I was like, what the fuck is and happening? And the best, I loved the lead up to that too, because I think she was only like one whiskey deep. I can't even tell you. And she's like, let's let's play poker. And he goes, I was just playing poker with these guys all fucking day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and the minute he responded with that, I'm like, she's going to say strip poker. Yep. Cause she's a fucking nut job. <laughs> and sure enough, she did. And, um, but he was also very quick to take her up on it too. But the, I feel so bad for him because Veronica I do is toying with him. Mm-hmm. And she has toyed with him pretty much forever because it's very clear that Reggie is more into Veronica than Veronica is into Reggie. Mm-hmm. And so whenever she calls him out for feeling insecure about Archie, I don't blame him because mm-hmm. I really don't think Veronica wants to be with him. And if Archie would give up Betty and come back to her, she would take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah. So I feel like it's, totally justified for reggie to be insecure about that relationship oh yeah and i love that he comes right out and says it after they're done boning and whatever or whatever they do because we don't get to see we don't know he goes he's like i'm always second fiddle to archie and and she's like oh god and it's like but hold on (laughs) yeah like can you just fucking listen for a second she comes back real harsh though, because she's like, everybody is somebody's consolation prize. And it's like, ooh, that is not a nice thing to say. And no. Also, doesn't excuse your behavior. <laughs> so, like, what are you talking about? But then I also loved Reggie coming back with saying that they both are just recreating their parents' mm-hmm. dynamics. And yes, there's a lot of emotional maturity in that man. A lot. And, a and lot. she's just so clueless. <laughs> But he says he's like that he can like see clearly now. Yeah. <laughs> and I started singing. <laughs> I don't want to sing it. I can see clearly. Well, now it would be. The rain has gone. He can see clearly now. The fog is gone. Ah, uh, yes, of course. But <laughs> at the time, the fog was not gone. But it was just very funny that at that point, not that I wasn't picking up on it throughout the episode, but that's when you realize the fog was supposed to do bad, but I think it did good. Yeah. It brought clarity to certain things in every relationship. Yeah, it was it was a device, obviously. It was a de- I mean, it did at that point, which we'll get into mask what was really happening. And in, right. 
you know, in the background. But Mm -hmm. I think it was necessary. You know, everybody pretty much came to real conclusions. Right. Well, because for once, they're not dealing with the absolute ridiculousness of Archie trying to win a Guinness Book of World Records for being the most (laughs) invincible man. Like now they're stuck in a room with the person that they have shared emotional baggage with and it's time to come clean about some things. So, yeah, it was a thinly veiled attempt to to get people to open up and share things. I don't know. The real cause of them coming to terms with what's really happening with them. Reggie asks a simple question. Mm-hmm. And he just says, can you take painting of your dad down? It freaks me the fuck out. Take the creepy portrait of your dad down from the wall. <laughs> and she is like, oh, we'll do it tomorrow. And he's like, we have time to do it now. And she's like, you think I'm not going to do it? You know, shit. You're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't trust you. I don't trust that you will do it. It's the simplest task she could have done to save the relationship. She's like, it's just a painting, Reggie. And then it's like, well, if it's just a painting, Veronica, then take it the fuck down when he asks you to. Obviously, it's not just a painting. And she gets so offended when he says that he doesn't trust her to do it. It's like, Mm because you weren't gonna. (laughs) So we all know you weren't gonna. So yeah, she probably took it home and hung it in her bedroom. Ew above her bed (laughs) sick sick person do we want to get into my favorite part of the episode which was kevin gets greeted (laughs) by an old friend who i am extremely attracted to he looks very different he's very husky yeah broad big shoulders oh yeah facial hair don't get me started (laughs) but yeah kevin is at the school which for we, again, yeah, <laughs> for still reasons. exists, I guess. But for even weirder reasons, Moose is at the school. Moose is there. Why? And we find out that Moose is the new gym teacher. Which still doesn't explain why he's Who there at night. Cares because nobody else teaches anymore, clearly. Yeah, we definitely needed more teachers in this school where nobody is getting taught And a gym anything. teacher, no less. Archie basically does that with the football team so i would think it went hand in hand but whatever well there's more to gym than football (laughs) sports in general yeah but he doesn't teach sports in general it's just the highs and lows of high school football oh god i hate the show (laughs) so yeah so they sit down and they're kind of like reminiscing and kevin kind of asks like what happened to us and this is the best line of the episode (laughs) moose goes my dad scared us as the gargoyle king when we were having sex for the first time. <laughs> and I'm like, that's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> and it's so Riverdale. It's such it a Riverdale pull quote. And it's something that like he says so nonchalantly to where Kevin's even like, oh yeah, uh-huh, that did happen. And I even am like, fuck, I totally forgot about oh, that. Oh, I completely forgot about it. I mean, it's coming back to me since watching the episode because it sort of made me... Remember, yeah, they gave but... us a quick little like twinge yes. of like little burst. Yeah. <laughs> but God, that was forever ago. Oh, wow. That's those were the good times. <laughs> Honestly, I miss the gargoyle. King. I miss the gargoyle king. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Gargoyle King. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that and then they, they start hooking up because obviously. Mm-hmm. And Kevin was supposed to go over to talk custody issues with tony and fangs and blows them off but and like to be fair though he couldn't have left anyway because of the fog so i i don't know why they 
well at least why fangs it was mostly so fangs yeah fangs has like a testosterone problem i think he, all of a sudden he's mm, got rage I, right and i think that again point it's the point of the fog to bring out the realness of situations that might be the issue at hand is that behind closed doors he is a little more aggressive but also there's something about him fighting for his kid i mean the way he addressed it with tony in saying like oh how he bailed that night and he's like Mm -hmm. he bailed on our marriage he's with Mm -hmm. percival now like i got his i understood his frustration how he handled it not the best but i also get i get both sides i really do yeah none of them should be parents no None of the three of them should be parents like and she no no none of this was thought through at all because the fact that tony and fangs are just discussing now about whether or not their son is going to grow up to be part of a gang that feels like sort of a big thing that you might want to talk about mm-hmm. and especially since they seem to have very different views on the situation and it bothered me because once Tony realized that they didn't see eye to eye on it, she was like, well, um, let's just change the subject and talk about something else. <laughs> it's like, this isn't getting any better. Yeah, that's not going to do anything positive. And then, like everybody else, Kevin starts to see clearly. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> instead of, you know, going at them and fighting them legally, he calls up Fangs and he's like, listen, I just want you to know I want to do this amicably with you guys. You know, we don't need to get the courts involved. And Fangs comes right back at him and is like, nope, we're doing it through the courts. I don't know how he thinks that's going to benefit him and Tony, given their gang relation. Right. Yeah. Like they don't, I guess he thinks that Kevin doesn't have a good chance either. But then, I mean, like worst case scenario is that the courts decide none of y'all should have custody. And right. And then they Anthony put the in foster kid, care. <laughs> which does Riverdale even have a foster care system they anymore? They do have that one social worker randomly. Oh, right, right, right. So there's that, but. She probably isn't even in Riverdale. They probably have to outsource. No, yeah. Import, Im- import her. Import. <laughs> yeah. So even this when I was saying the last couple of apps, I was like, we haven't even heard anything about the custody battle. And now that we're hearing about it, I don't care because <laughs> I I don't really think anybody involved should be a parent. And so it's hard to be on anyone's side. What if, because little by little, we get little like flashbacks in certain scenarios of Rivervale, like what people have gone through yeah. there. What if... Archie and Betty, they are pregnant. They miscarry. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Tony and Fangs go to the courts. None of them are deemed good to have a child. And then Betty and Archie adopt baby Anthony. <laughs> so he could stay within the Riverdale family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's going to hey, be man. my... That makes some sense. <laughs> that is legit going to, because again, back in Rivervale, when she was La Llorona and she had to leave baby Anthony in order to sacrifice, right, right, she yeah, had to sacrifice she, herself. So right. who knows? I am basically living in a weird fog myself coming up with these <laughs> scenarios, but um, I find that to be probably a decent prediction. Really, it's hard to suggest anything that could be more, <laughs> more ridiculous than what actually happens. But I almost think it this makes too much sense to, to be possible. That, as I was saying it, I'm like, no, that seems too obvious. No, wait, but you it's never way know. too logical. 
if you can connect the dots <laughs> right it's, it's not right <laughs> oh my god there's not oh, question Lord. marks everywhere then uh, <laughs> we got a problem the, the last thing i have in my notes is is anybody on this show likable do we like anybody are hmm. we a fan of anyone at this point i'm always gonna be a betty fan i was gonna say you're always betty but like aside from that because that's just like a long-standing loyalty regardless of what she does i feel like i'm always gonna love her but anybody else is there anyone else that we can stand nothing's really bothered me enough about jughead to be like eh he's not my favorite anymore that's true i can that and i could give props to reggie too i think he's been pretty consistent in his um oh but like he's getting so fucked it's getting right, so like i feel bad for him but at the same time i feel like character wise and his personality and how he's portrayed and how he deals with shit has been consistent like he I, hasn't done anything for me to really be like wow he fucked up or he did the wrong thing and i don't I, know i, I just... don't think i'm thinking about it in terms of whether i like them personally i think it's more like do i enjoy watching any of these characters anymore Am I am I invested in their journeys? Do I look forward to seeing them on my screen? I'm gonna stick to Jughead. Yeah, that's fair. I can I can allow some of Jughead, but I don't know. Like, why am I no longer invested in people? It upsets me because I used to care so much. The storylines have legit gone to the shitter. Yeah, no, you're right. But because I was just about to say. I have nothing against Tabitha and I in theory should like Jughead and Tabitha together, but I'm so indifferent about it because I, I feel like I was never led to care about it. Yeah. I mean, think about the start of their relationship. The start of their relationship came after the time jump. She was kind of thrown into it. He had no choice but to get a job at Pops and it just had to happen that way. There was really no natural progression. It was a forced connection. Yeah, and I felt like it it had so many similarities to Jughead and Betty mm-hmm. that it felt recycled. And so it was hard to kind of see it as a new relationship that I could get excited about because it was like, okay, well, this is kind of the same old, same old, just a different vessel. Yeah. And you know what I real? Um, I'm just realizing now because I was trying to think like with the time jump, how much could they have changed and I'm like, oh, well, Jug had another girlfriend. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Betty had Glenn mm-hmm. and Veronica had Chad. Yep. Archie never had. <laughs> Archie had nobody. He had the army. <laughs> this poor kid. But I, at the same time, given the definition of you saying, is it, you know, who's likable, I can't, can't root for Archie. I can't root I for the guy who needs to be the forefront of every like the godsend for everybody i don't like that yeah i think the problem is that the plots have become so ridiculous and convoluted that everybody's characters have become very superficial and there's not a lot of depth so archie has become the hero or you know he's always been the hero but like Mm -hmm. he's now he's only the hero and that's the most we're ever going to see from him and he's a one-dimensional character now right like they could have given him Jughead's superpower mm-hmm. right they could that have reversed been more roles a little bit yes they that would have been, been like, more interesting <laughs> this this would have brought on a way bigger storyline 
change up where we really don't know where it's going to go. It right. could not, you know, it made it easy to not be predictable. And we would want, we, mm-hmm. we'd be a little more excited for what's to come because how would Jughead be as like the man of steel? You know what I right. mean? Like, like having to fight all of Archie's battles now because Archie is disabled in right. this way. But Jug- but Jughead now has all the strength to take on Percival and to, you know, get involved in the more physical things that Archie's always getting involved in yeah see that one that one small thing could have that's all that needed to happen changed a dynamic and even like which I think I was reading up on IMDb because again we keep trying to figure out when the hiatus is going to be not this coming Sunday the following I think Veronica is going to get her superpower (laughs) yeah right there was she something about she realizes how she's viewed by people or something (laughs) like that so I don't know if clairvoyance is going to come in to play or I don't fucking know. I don't know what's left. I said, I hope she becomes a mute. So there's that, that would be, that would be convenient <laughs> as well. Never hear her talk or sing ever again. Oh my God. Son of a bitch. When's the musical episode? Oh, that's a good question. Um, and I don't know if it'll be titled American psycho, but again, that still pisses me off so much. I know, I know it does really yeah. quick too. I noticed in the preview we get a zombie Grundy next week. Yo, there is some creepy shit in that preview. So I'm not excited. <laughs> no, and it's there something... was like a creepy thing under the blanket in Cheryl's bed too. Like just this mm-hmm. big, like, oh, I don't like it. And then reading some type of synopsis for it, it was basically Percival's doing shit to bring like past haunts to them or things that like Oh, maybe he's making them see things. Right, ruining their judgment based on past decisions or something like that. I don't know, but um, yeah, Grundy was a zombie, and I was like, "What?" I wonder if it's the same actress because you couldn't really tell. It was a quick flash, and she also looks real gross. So (laughs) terrifying. She had like the crazy contacts in, and she had like swamp skin. Yes, she was a swamper, swamp Swamp monster, a swampy, (laughs) um, swampy swampish um speaking of swamps i want to thank erica from drunk logic for purchasing our that's not not how swamps swamps work work. (laughs) shirt another model for the collection um very exciting so i want to thank her for that hopefully we'll release new designs soon with more movies and riverdale content coming yeah speaking of more movies oh my god so next tuesday the 10th the 10th we will be releasing 365 days this day which we both thoroughly enjoyed yet again and cannot wait to talk about it so delighted i also finished the book so i will have some yes we'll have a portion to discuss related insights for you i'm excited for that and then later in the month i believe 24th Yes, either the 24th or the 31st. If Riverdale announces that there's going to be a hiatus Memorial Day weekend, we'll probably release it the 31st, right? Okay. Um, But there's a break in between movies. We're going to do Rubber, which I actually want to do a rewatch on because I liked it that much. So yeah, those are our movies coming up. And of course, our lovely Riverdale content. And you know where to find us everywhere. Links are in our bio. Twitter, Instagram everywhere so until then that's end game 